podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. the boys are back and we have a handful of tra- traditions here at bosco's boys um honestly i i said that i mean we have the mom pod the dad pod we have the live shows uh we, we have a lot of things that we hold near and dear to our heart but i think the first time this happened was actually on an accident we did a coaches search q a uh show at international tap house the uh you know before christmas time down in the crossroads in kansas city missouri and it got super drunk we were talking on and on and on about how it was a done deal that seth latrell was going to be our next head coach and i'm pretty sure we both ubered home that night um so we've made it a tradition of getting drunk and doing a q a show i think last year at least according to this man, he thought it might have been his last uh, show in an official capacity as the co-host of this show. Uh, but you know him, you love him. He will always be one of the co-founders of this show. He is the man that single-handedly made the word gargantuan a mainstay amongst boneheads and the K-State nation. He appealed to get his original Twitter account back, and they said no. <laughs> it is the man, the myth, the legend. I already said it, the former co-host and the forever co-founder of Bosco's Boys, Grant Copeland. Grant, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you doing, my friend? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you. It's actually, what, is today the first day of Hanukkah? Today is officially? the second, day of, second Hanukkah. day of Hanukkah. As folks are listening to it, it will be the third day of Hanukkah, so... Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa as well coming around. And then if you don't like any of the holidays, I just hope everyone's having a great, you know, winter, start to winter. Yes. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Grant KSU is going, is serving a life sentence, which is honestly, I think best for everybody, but it's good to be back on. This is my favorite episode that we would ever do, probably because we just would get blitzed every time and. But I always like to do a Q and A. It's just fun to feel like you're engaging with the the listeners. So I'm ready to rock. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into it, uh, I told you this. I a little bit of time travel. I recorded before this an episode with uh, Cody Ezern of uh, K State Athletics. He's one of the head honchos when it comes to creative stuff. So I recorded with him before this. Folks will hear this tomorrow as they're listening to this. Great episode. Great episode. Um, So I I put down an old-fashioned while uh, recording that one with him. And then I had a very, very heavy pour of Jay Rieger and some Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi as well to really kind of get into the drunk Q&A spirit. And now I'm drinking, um, sponsor of the show, the Polyester 
uh, Pigeon, which is a Belgian Tribble, uh, which is pushing 10 ABV from Manhattan Brewing Company. So what have you been drinking to get in the drunk Q&A spirit? I'm a little behind where you are right now, but I'm just drinking a I'm drinking a uh, margarita right now because we made uh, tacos this week. So been eating tacos like for the last three nights, and I figured I would drink some tequila with it. There you I've got go. some catching I, up uh, to do, though. Still much not much of a tequila boy, um, but I, I'm getting better. A, a good margarita um, I, I'm okay with, but. Not probably like one like that I made or like at a actual cocktail bar. Um, I I went to um, a couple uh, distilleries in the Crossroad area that did tequila. I'm blanking on their name right now. Uh, I'm not a huge a... margarita fan either. Huh? I think well, the best the best way to get yourself into tequila, I think, is the Paloma. It's great tequila drink. I, it's basically I've had, just. I've had some Palomas. The last one I had, I actually was on a date at a like a Mexican Ooh. restaurant happy hour. And I had one, it was horrible. <laughs> um, So, and so was the date. The date was tr- like not good at all either. Um, But it is what it is. Before we get into the questions though, uh, I, I want your reaction to this football season. Again, we had you on for the blitz month and then we had a mini old school episode before the Texas game. Um, But the season, I mean, we still have a massive bowl game uh, versus Alabama, but just big 12 champions, just what was this football season like for you? Great. I mean, it was a really fun season. I got the grill meme out of it. So that alone was a lot of fun. The grill um, meme. That was like after the Oklahoma game. <laughs> I remember. I blacked like, out hard that night. Just do you remember myself. calling me? Do you remember calling me at like 1 a.m.? Oh, God. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, I wasn't by myself. I did have a friend come over, but by the time he had gotten there, I was absolutely sauced. Well, but... I talked to him on the phone, too. Like, you guys were <laughs> you guys were having a fun night. Well, okay. I kind of do remember that, actually. I remember it now that you say that. But I called several people that night um, and woke up downstairs in a chair, basically naked, I had doctors on, but I was just surrounded by like chicken bones. It was an absolute nightmare. And uh, my wife coming down saying at 5 a.m., um, all she said was, you better clean the kitchen. And uh, like that was just me starting off my day. So I was basically still completely drunk at that time. Um, so I had no idea what I did the night before but the grilling uh, meme and then the smoking cigs meme the grill meme i got a great smoking smoking cigs pick out of it um so that alone was great uh the football itself was a lot of fun there was a lot of ups and downs through the season um early on losing to tulane was felt like such a shock and such a, a stomach blow that i wasn't sure if we would recover but you know you and i even talked after that we were really disappointed but we both said, like, hey, the goal is to win a Big 12 championship this year. And that is still in front of us, untainted. And we turned around, we went 7-2 and two and got ourselves to the championship game. And anything can happen in those games. And genuinely, I think we're probably a better team than TCU. We could have probably beat them twice. 100%. Had we not been absolutely decimated by injuries in game one. But, um, yeah, it was really fun to see – there's so many fun narratives within this season too, like Will Howard's redemption arc. Um, uh, nobody deserves it more than him, and nobody has like a 
better case to throw it into the faces of so many people, but he's just humble enough not to do that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Deuce, Felix, Cooper Beebe all lived up to their preseason hype, and they stamped themselves, some of them as All-Americans, others, um, you know, first team, all Big 12. Well, so all of those I mean, guys were All-Americans. All of them were All-Americans, yeah, somewhere. Um, Deuce being the second consensus All-American in a row, which we will probably talk about at some point later. But it was just a great season, a lot of fun, a lot of likable players this year. Um, and it was just – it was great. I, I had so much fun um, following – I got to get out to more games than I thought I was going to. Um, so that was great. And, you know, we beat KU for the 14th straight time in a game that I was shitting my pants over, which I'm always nervous for that game regardless, but it was fun to beat them on the big stage um, by 20 again. It's, and now we get to play Alabama, the standard of college football for the last 15 years. Um, you know, their worst season in the last 15 years is 10 and three. They're unbelievable. They've got a, a Heisman Trophy winner that's going to be playing against us. So I say it's it's been a great year, and I can't wait to play Alabama, and I can't wait for 2023 to start already. Yeah, it, just a great, uh, you know, basically ever since, you know, RIP Bruce, um, things have been going great for the big two sports. Uh, women's basketball off to a hot start. We're going to get a regi- regime change in Women's volleyball. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, baseball. Hell, women's soccer had their best finish ever. You know, I, I think things are going, things are looking up for Case Athletics. Let's get into the drunk questions. But before we do, I already mentioned them. Number one sponsor, they've been riding with us since the summer, Manhattan Brewing Company. Do you want tasty craft beer? Do you want a cool place with cool vibes and awesome Christmas decorations? Or, hey, do you want a place with, uh, you know, a fully stocked bar with signature cocktails? Guess what? Manhattan Brewing Company has them all. They're dropping all sorts of awesome beers this week. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the names of these beers because make sure you listen to the episode with Cody tomorrow. There's actually a secret contest mixed in there. So make sure you're listening on Wednesday and be quick on the trigger. That's all I'm going to say. But check out Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. I'm going to be stopping in there on Wednesday after the K-State doubleheader before our live show on Wednesday, which will also be National Signing Day. Let's get to S.L. Keck, who is a Hall of Fame question asker. He has a couple of them. What are your top three Christmas TV episodes? Hmm, Top three Christmas TV episodes. Um, Good question. Steve, I South Park has a couple that are really good. Um, I'm a big South Park guy, at least I was at one point. Um, Red Slay Down, that's a good one. And the Critter Special, that's a good one. It's Always Sunny has a really funny uh, Christmas special, and that's that's three, I guess. Ted Lasso's was okay. That's I I can't really think of many. Lasso, Um, Uh good show. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a little bit overhyped by, uh, sure. you know, Twitter and all that type of stuff, but good show. I'll watch the third season. Um, so for me, the first one is uh, the office one with the uh, iPad, iPod, uh, the white elephant one, you know, office had like a million of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's my first one. The uh, second one is a boy meets world uh, episode where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Corey's like bragging about all these presents. And then Sean is uh 
you know, a trailer park kid. And then, uh, you know, he gives, uh, gives Sean, you know, his authentic NBA basketball. And then the third one, trying to think. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) that, that, that's a good one. Uh, you know what? Weirdly enough, I think there's less good like Christmas episodes versus Halloween episodes. I feel like all great shows have good Halloween episodes. Um, it's hard to think of, honestly. I've I know, and, and I actually remember seeing this question. I think there was a Mad Men episode where Don Draper was just like a sad, lonely drunk by himself on Christmas. I need to probably I need to start that show again. I watched like five episodes and I just it didn't catch me. I I love Mad Men. <laughs> So th- that that's that's what I'm going with. I don't know if that's actually true. Um, sorry, I should have wrote that one down because I hey, remember like seeing like. that one come through. Um, what former K State player that never made an All Conference team would you want to add to this basketball team? It. I think I know the my answer, but I need to make sure he never made. Well, that's my problem. Team. Is uh, I don't know who. <laughs> Never made a first, second, or third team all conference basketball team. That's hard to <laughs> think of off the top of my head. Did Nino yeah. ever make one? I just have a well, so so that real was, soft spot for Nino. That's a good one. Um, all right, timeout. So, do, do we want to count honorable mention? Let's say no. Okay, then my, mine is Thomas Gibson, not because oh, I think that he would even maybe even start on this team because I I, I like what David Gasson brings as the starter at uh the five but we don't have anyone like because baby's been hurt or isn't buying in or some shit i don't really know why he isn't playing but i think thomas gibson just be like all right hey we have a beefy dude who's gonna get rebounds and play tough defense and thomas gibson is like my guy who it's like all right underrated k-state guy who like i've i'm like a massive fan of thomas gibson so uh, you want gibson me to look up great. nino I don't think he was. Surely not. I don't think so. But I'm going to look it up. That's a good one. Because I actually think he would fit in at like that 3-4 role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if we're saying honorable mention doesn't count, he has to be first or second team, um, then Nino uh, is the uh, accurate one. Um, I'll go with Nino, though. Uh, no, it's wild. Let me and – and I think we have enough good guards. Um. Cam Stokes never had higher than honorable mention. That's um, a good one. So, I mean, hell. I mean, Cam would be good. Cam I mean, would be he good. St- I mean, because he, he would just back up. I mean, he, he would be the, you know, guard off the bench, him and Desi Sill. I don't know. I think Th- Thomas Gibson, because I we just, if Bebe isn't going to play, we don't really have a center. Yeah, um, so I'm going with fair. Thomas Gibson. I like Nino Williams. He he would get he'd be getting some of those Tyke Green minutes, but that's a good one. Uh, Steve, if you're saying honorable mention counts as All Big Twelve, let me know and I'll uh, tweet another one. And then, which non-starter has the most potential to be a K-State legend by the time they graduate? Let's go with football to be this answer because mm-hmm. basketball. I mean, no effect like. Tyke Green and Desi Sills, like this is their last year. And I would know, say Cam Carter could grow into Cam a Carter very starts. good player. But yeah, 
Like, there's no one else behind. Yeah. So let's say football. What, so, what football non-starter has the potential to be a case Hmm. I mean, shit, that's a good question. The answer is probably somebody on the line. Oh, but... really? Because I, I had two skill position players, two seven. Or I would players. say maybe DJ Giddens could grow into Ooh. a very good running back. See, um, I, I was I... going to say Jacob Parrish or RJ Garcia. Yeah. RJ Garcia is a good shout, too. Um, I think we've seen enough of Giddens to see to know that he could probably blossom into a pretty good running back going forward. Um, I'll say DJ Giddens. That's sure. a good one. That's a good one. We'll go to Nick the Coffee Fiend. When will you start training Chauncey for the hot halftime dog show? So, where <laughs> you didn't go, to, you couldn't go to the uh game in T Mobile because uh exactly. Jack was sick. Uh, but we had the dogs, you know, the frisbee dog halftime mm-hmm. show. It was like I the love JV that. squad. Oh, like I don't know if I don't know if the dogs were bad or if the people tossing frisbees were bad. They were I blame not the good. people. I blame the people. I I agree. I, it's definitely <laughs> the people. There was a death dog that was awesome though, so that was pretty cool. Uh, his handler was doing like sign language, so that was wow. awesome. But I'll say this: Chauncey is good at playing fetch, um, <laughs> but he would never come back. Like if I ever try to play fetch with him outside, he doesn't come back. Now. We're just that's not fetch. Like, say what? <laughs> so that's not fetch, really. That's, that's a good point. He is good at running out and catching stuff. Now, if we're inside, if we're inside, like in the living room, uh, and he has like one of his billions of toys, I'll throw it to him. He'll catch it. He'll run around a little bit. Then he'll come and try to play tug of war. But Chauncey, and he's also a big dog. Those are like all you know, terriers your or Aussies. They're like small dogs. Like Chauncey's pushing like 80 pounds. So Chauncey's a good receiver, but not a good retriever. That's what yes. you're telling me. Yes, that, that, that is 100% correct. Uh, uh-huh. We'll next go to uh, good old Mike Smith, who I saw at uh, the K-State basketball game. Good old Mike. Come Mike. On, Mike. Remember when Mike you used at the to Texas spoil game. movies and TV shows for everyone on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, the good old days back in 2018. We've had this question a few times, um, but what's the best Christmas present you've ever received? And I'm going to add something. What's the best Christmas gift you've ever given? God, I love giving gifts. I really do. So do I. I'm Uh, pretty sure my brother's going to be mad at me because I think I accidentally bought more presents to give out than we agreed to. So I'm pretty sure him and Andrea are going to be pissed at me. Because you're giving them more? Yeah, because like we agree, like okay, hey, yeah, uh, yeah. like for each other, it's like three for Christmas and two for birthday, and then like we're gonna do like three for our parents. But I, when I was yeah. wrapping them and putting them in bags yesterday, I'm like, <laughs> shit, I did an extra. That's okay. I think they'll they'll get over it. Um, they got mad at me last year, so. Well, okay. Maybe is. they'll get mad at you. Um, my favorite. I know, I don't know, dude. I feel like I can't remember anything that I've ever gotten. The most memorable, the one that like sticks out to me the most is when we got a PS1 in like 1998. And that was like, wow, I got a PlayStation. This is crazy. So that was, that's just my, my biggest memory of, of getting a gift. Um, The best gift I've ever given. Whew. I don't know. I can't think of anything specific, but I always, I always have a keen ear on what people want, and I, I get it without them, like remembering that they mentioned it. 
so probably like two years ago, two Christmases ago, or maybe it was last Christmas. I don't know. Um, I basically got everything that Cheyenne wanted. It was like, I probably shouldn't have said her name, whatever. Uh, my I wife. I accidentally said the name of your kid earlier, so I'm sorry. And you said my last name. So everybody knows everything about my whole fucking we, family. Well, we've, we've done our own last <laughs> names before. Like that, um, that, that isn't like. You're you know. right. It's okay. Um, I got like everything that she wanted and she wasn't expecting it. So that was nice. Good job. What about you? What's the best gift you've ever given? I'm I'm intrigued by this. So it, it was last Christmas and my parents love making, you know, a cocktail at, at the end of the mm. night. So I, I got them um, from Waterford, uh, these cocktail glasses with their initials in them. Ooh. And, uh, this is actually the second time I've done that gift. I did it a few years ago and it was a different design, but they had broken, I think both of my dads, like they <laughs> dropped them and it shattered. So these ones are a little bit more sturdy. I think they would survive a drop like from like maybe like a couch or something, probably not from like a high top kitchen counter. Um, but I'm really proud about that gift. Then I actually, I, I'm not going to say what it is just in case he listens um, Alan is usually very good at telling me, Hey, just buy this for me, mm-hmm. which works. I got, I, I usually g- go rogue, like either for his birthday or for Christmas You get him like a piece of like fan gear. That's like, Oh, I think he'll like this. And I, I've done pretty good. You know, I've gotten him. I, I got him a cool like Boston Celtics shirt or something. I'm not going to say what I got him this year, but I hope he likes it. Because if I was a fan of some of the teams he's a fan of, um, mm. and I got what I'm about to give him on December 25th, it would instantly become maybe my all-time favorite piece of fan gear. So see, I like going rogue. It's fun. It is fun, but like at least this year, actually, no, no, because he's good about he's good about giving me lists. I'm horrible. I buy everything I want. Like I'm lucky enough to have a good enough job if i want something i just buy it so like my mom's asking me like oh what do you want my aunt like hey i need something good to give you for christmas alan and andrea they're like hey what do you want i'm like fuck i already bought everything uh but the best gift ever yeah like as a kid uh and my dad loves telling this story it was the year he decided to step up and start like buying alan and i (laughs) presents we got a papa shot and then a uh like one of those hockey games like where you like throw the puck in and like it's like foosball but it's like foosball yeah i've I've played that before yeah i think we got both of those and maybe even like a uh like a mini pool table that same chris like it was like just the all-time great games christmas so i love it yeah all right let's go to the next one uh the current ambassador k-state ambassador ethan the rodeo cat uh so i i brought this up i don't like ed eggnog so he asked me when did you know you didn't like eggnog and then what's your favorite holiday dessert so i don't know if you like eggnog i knew i didn't like it i think i had it like in high school i was over at someone's house and they're like oh here's some eggnog i was like eh, not for me then my senior year of college one of my roommates shout out to rick i don't think rick listens i don't know if anyone from 1848 todd listens to this podcast uh, but if Rick, Dylan, Elliot, or Preston are listening, I think that's everyone. Or Matt. There, there's a Matt. Matt also listens. Or was in that house. So if any of you guys are listening, 
shout out to you guys. You guys took me in when I was fighting with the friends I used to live with. Um, but and they're also awesome. It was an awesome house, awesome group of human beings. I love them all. I hope they're all doing well. Um, if any of them are listening, I love you guys all. Uh, but Rick made some eggnog and I tried it and I was just like, it just isn't for me. Just isn't for me. So those are the two times I've tried eggnog. Do you like eggnog? I mean, I think I'm still like up in the air. Um, I'm not sure if I definitively dislike it. Um, it kind of feels like I try it once every year and I'm like, that's okay. Maybe with a little rum or something. And like, it, it doesn't, I'm not disgusted by it, but it, I don't come back like, Ooh, I need more eggnog. I'm usually just like, give me like some, some, uh, Bailey's or something instead. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What's your favorite holiday dessert of choice? Yeah. So my mom, amazing baker, she always creates like these Christmas plate of cookies. Um, and the go-tos, the best two on the Christmas plate of cookies are her chocolate peanut butter balls. Oh, um, so it's like a peanut butter concoction with a chocolate, uh, <clears throat> you know, topping and then her peanut butter or her peanut, uh, and chocolate clusters. Love and that. then on Christmas Eve, that's our big celebration. We we get uh, Papa Murphy's take and bake pizza and eat that on Christmas Day. But Christmas Eve is our big celebration, the big meal. Uh, you yeah, know, same. Aunt and uncle come over, all that type of stuff. Uh, the traditional dessert has always been a, an Oreo and ice cream cake type thing, and it's you know a one. Sounds very good. Um, I feel like. I feel I feel like pies are kind of they go across several several holidays. I think pecan pie certainly has still has a seat at the table in Christmas. Um, certainly is a and more of a Thanksgiving pie, no doubt about it. But uh, my mom also, which right now me and five coworkers are doing like we've been bringing they've been bringing like sweets on specific dates. Tomorrow is my day, so. I have to bring some sweets and give them out to these five coworkers. Uh, so I had my mom obviously make those. <laughs> uh, so she made fudge, which is very good. And then she made Russian tea cakes, which are, I don't know if she's ever made those before, but I had one and it was, it was delicious. Uh, so I'll be bringing those tomorrow, but fudge, I feel like is a constant fudge during Christmas time. Um, and then all sorts of other stuff. But I feel like I feel for us, it's not really people make like cookies and stuff, but usually on Christmas Eve, it's like a, a whole just night dinner of like hors d'oeuvres, like meatballs and wings and all sorts of stuff. That's yeah. my favorite. So, queso, we, it's the best. Yeah, we do tenderloin and green bean bacon bundles, uh, twice baked potatoes, <laughs> mushrooms. Uh, that's twice baked like potatoes are so good. Oh. I yeah, love it. it. It's the best meal of the night. And then uh, I already said that, but wow, what was I going to say? I was, I think I was going to make a Putin joke with the Russian tea cakes, but I don't know. That's okay. I'm glad you spared us of that. Attempt. Yeah, it, it probably wasn't going to be any good. All right, let's go to Ace Edwards, one half of the Aggieville Alley Cats. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say that either. Um, okay. <laughs> what were your worst and best takes of the last yeah. year of episodes? Jesus. So, 
So my worst take again, you you only have like three episodes in uh twenty twenty two. You know, if I have any, I mean, <laughs> is I mean, it I anything know, I, I stay stick out to you? Uh, well, yeah. so well. I have a bad one, and I'm glad it was a bad one. Um, during one of these uh summer Q and A uh episodes, I was asked about how many uh sellouts I thought we were gonna. Oh, excuse me, gonna get um, and I was just like. Look, uh, season ticket sales slightly below uh, what they were in 2019. We only had like one or two sellouts in 2019. So I'm like, all right, you know, one or two sellouts this year. Um, And then for a while, it it was looking like, man, is the home opener going to even get to a sellout? I was saying home opener, uh, Mizzou, and maybe KU. And then like for the longest time, I was like, man, there's thousands of tickets for the home opener. And then credit to the ticket staff. They did absolute work getting that game sold out. Then the Mizzou game sold out, I think, even before that. And then uh, the Tulane game, they got that. And then when we lost Tulane, I'm like, well, you know, that's it. Then you beat Oklahoma. Tons of stuff get get sold. And uh, sure enough, the entire season sold out. Um, And then the best take, I mean, I I did predict us to go 7-2 and and make it to Arlington uh preseason damn good Uh, take did not predict us to win it um i don't have a lot of great takes i i'm just a take merchant (laughs) a lot of them are lukewarm a lot of them you know i'm in the ballpark of being correct um i would say a lukewarm take quote unquote is not even considered a take really it's just like a hedge it's it's like a prediction um But yeah, those those are some of my takes. What about you? Did you? Well, Dude, your you know, fucking no worst take is you, like all <laughs> non-conference and early on, even in conference play, you're like, we're gonna fucking lose to KU. Like you have, you. Were, I was afraid. I you was were pissing your pants all of September. I didn't October. like how we were playing. I didn't like how we looked. And, and, I, and then I even the week of the KU game, you're like all nervous. I'm just like telling you to shut up. Uh, <laughs> And that I, was I, I spared you. I I almost I went through and got kind of the, some of the screenshots of texts, and I got some of the screenshots from uh you know Brett Bonehead Brett on uh Twitter who I, I started calling Rock Chalk Brett. Um, a lot of <laughs> folks are scared of KU, and I'm just I'm not I'm anymore. Fucking not I, scared. I, I, I'm not anymore. I will say, uh, and it's easy to say that after we won in our Big Twelve champs, but even going, I actually forward, think I'm, next year might be scary. But... I mean, we could we could lose next year, but also we're not going to. It's going to be fifteen straight or fourteen, fifteen straight. Fifteen. Um, yeah. After the two lane loss, I got a lot of texts from people, and I went back and I, after we won the Big Twelve championship, I was favoriting them in iMessage. I'm not going to say any names, but it was pretty fun to be able to do that because I hit them with the what we were talking about, like. We're going to be fine. Everything's in front of us. And that, I'd say that was a couple pretty good takes from us. That a is little true. bit of level-headedness after TCU. Um, and shit, I mean, we – what a – or not TCU, sorry, Tulane. What a wake-up call that was because we just – it completely transformed that offense. I think it transformed Colin a little bit. I would um, like to think Colin would have done it by himself, but you never know. Colin was like, all right. But and obviously Martinez and and then Will Howard kind of came into the season to negate a little bit of that. But I'll say that was maybe my best take of the year. Both of us kind of having some level headedness after that. Yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but you know who our FBS non-con is. So it's like we're at Mizzou and then we have a Troy? FCS game. Do you know who we have? 
Troy, right? Yeah. Next year, they're 12 and two. Yeah. 12 and two, going to end the season top 20. We're going to have to get revenge for our UTSA brothers and sisters. Uh, I watched some of that and they dropped a lot of, dropped the ball a lot of times. UTSA should have won that one. We'll see what Probably. Uh, Next one from Ace. How impressed were you watching the men's game versus Nebraska? Honestly, outside of that seven minute stretch where we didn't score, literally didn't score for seven minutes. Um, so for the other 33 minutes of that game, I was highly impressed. I think Nebraska is going to be like NIT bubble, not NCAA bubble, but, uh, we absolutely demolished them, uh, and took care of business for 33 out of those 40 minutes. I was very impressed from what I saw. And, um, I did during the first half suffer from a dad nap. I fell asleep on the couch unexpectedly and basically missed the entire first half. Um, but everything that I saw of the game was basically just like showtime. How many alley-oops did we have that night to end the game on just a, I mean, a ton amazing and... alley-oop to Gasson, a really good half court alley-oop to, from to Keontae Johnson. It that just seemed like to finish the half. That was, was just... amazing. That was a great set. Um, if there's one thing about this team that they like and that they are very good at, it's throwing lobs. Um, we shot the ball well from the perimeter. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It never, ever really felt like the game was in jeopardy. I know they kind of pushed us late, but, you know, yeah, I, it really fun. wasn't that close. It was still a three-possession game. So dating back to 2010, that's when that data started becoming available. Mm-hmm. We are now, and again, we're only a little bit beyond, you know, one third of the way of the season. We are, uh, of our two-point attempts, 12.9% of them are dunks. That's crazy. 12.9. The high before that was in uh, 2021, where it was 8%. Um, Naquan Tomlin... Uh, again, just barely beyond one third of the way. Eighteen <laughs> dunks this year. Uh, here's a trivia question for you, and you should get this one. Oh, Jesus, who is the all-time leader for dunks in a single season at K State? Oh fuck, I don't know. Uh, my first instinct with thirty-three. My first instinct is like Bill Walker. But I'm going to say J.O. So Bill Walker does know. not even look to be on the list. So this is 10 and more. Oh, actually, that wouldn't that wouldn't be that wouldn't be an option because th- this list only started in 2010. OK, I don't know, J.O. It would be my guess. J.O. third with 26 in 2012. But Davy Dunks. Davion Bradford, 33 and 20. You thought I, I should get that? Really? Well, think about it, because we were doing the podcast and we were calling him Davy Dunks. I have no memory of that. In uh, fact, he would be like not even close in my Well, mind, last year he sucked. Because, yeah, uh, I mean, but, but just think thinking think about him not, being, year. We were not being able to finish. This guy's a future All-Big yeah. 12 player. 33 dunks for Davy. Uh, 2010, Curtis Kelly, 28. J.O., 26. 2010, uh, Jamar Samuels, 2018, Xavier Sneed last year, Casey Eziegu, 2010, Dominique Sutton, 2013, J.O., 2017, D.J. Johnson, 2014, Big Gip, 2020, McCall Maywean, and now 
just one third of the way through the season, 2023, Naquan Tomlin. So lots of dunks. Let's get back to the questions. See, I'm having to navigate multiple Twitter accounts, trying to find that. I've got it. Ace has won the third part. Would you rather win every non-revenue conference championship for three years with the potential for a natty or one revenue championship with no natty? All right. So first off, every I, I I read this. I read this as everyone in one of the non-revenue sports. Are you reading that as every single Big Twelve championship in all sports except for men's and women's basketball for three years, or men's I mean, uh, basketball and football? Yeah. See, I'm re- that scale is not even <laughs> winning well, so- every single. Big 12 championship with potential for a natty. Well, so he, here's I when when that question came through, I originally was like, all right, pick one sport and they win three straight um, with one shot at a natty. Um, but if he is, so I, I'm going to walk through this. Let, let's take it the extreme. Let's take it the extreme. Okay. And some folks may or may not like this. Let's say it's literally every sport we compete in except for men's and women's basketball or men's Mm -hmm. sorry. I keep saying men's and women's basketball, except for men's basketball and football. Right. And you're winning all of them with a shot at a national title for three years or just one football or one basketball. With no natty. Yeah. With with no shot at a natty. I don't really see. I mean, how I, I, that is remotely close. Oh, like, I, I mean, I do because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you were to, if you were to tell me you get at least one national title in all those Big 12 titles, I'm probably taking it. Because again, you're talking about 12 sports. So you're you're talking 36 Big 12 championships in three years with a shot with with at least one natty. Because K State, it's that stupid stat about how K, it's like K State and Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. the only two without a national title. I probably it, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier because here's the thing: I I really enjoy volleyball. I really enjoy women's basketball. Men's baseball is fine, but I mean, at, at what point? The, I mean, you hit a point of diminishing returns. You know what's the difference between? 12 non-revenue and 36 like yeah if you guarantee me a national title i'm taking that but i'll I'll tell you this right now i i have a hard time beating a big 12 title in football agreed i do agree with that like to me obviously personally i i would enjoy a big 12 football title and probably a big 12 basketball title more than any of those other but I don't know. I mean, I mean that the numbers, cha- that, that the numbers changes, is wild. <laughs> that changes the face of your athletic department. So I, I'm yeah. probably going to take that. So Ace, you're going to have to tweet in. Are you literally saying 36 Big 12 titles in three years? Are you are you saying pick a non-revenue sport? Because if you're giving me every sport we compete in, except for football and except for men's basketball, all of them winning three straight, all of them with a shot at a national title, I'm taking that. If you're making me choose just one sport, I'm taking the one football title. Right. Unless yeah. you guarantee me a national title. 
If you're right. if you're giving me so here here's a question for you. Uh choose your non-revenue sport. Volleyball, say, women's basketball, baseball, whatever. Three yeah. straight Big 12 titles and a national title versus one football title. Which one are you taking? Mm. That is hard. I mean, because I'm taking I, three straight volleyball Big 12 titles with a national title in volleyball or baseball. One of those two. I think I baseball taking. would be fun. Like baseball would be really fun if we won the Big 12 and we went to Omaha and had like a run at the national title. And won. Yeah. I, I, that would be fucking awesome. I like, think I most people that. would choose baseball. I, I would either be volleyball would be awesome too, though. Volleyball would be a lot of fun. Um but I, yeah. I'm doing that. I, I will do that. When I, I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because man, winning that Big 12 title this year, it slapped. Felt good. It did feel good. All right, let's move on. Uh, we'll go to Bry Guy 2724. Who wins in a fight? A full-grown grizzly bear or a full-grown silverback gorilla? We've had this one before, and I tried to – and my initial instinct was the gorilla, <laughs> but you're like, no. That's crazy to me. I mean, listen, you can – No, it is It is the grizzly. Like, I did research. It's the grizzly. I've done extensive research on this, and every expert seems to come to the conclusion that it's probably not going to be close between yeah, – With the grizzly winning. I mean, it's double the weight. Like, weight in a fight is so – Important. Well, and also those fucking claws, dude. Those claws are crazy, man. But yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's pretty, pretty clear. Yeah. Originally, me. before I like my initial instinct when this, I, I'm pretty sure this was probably asked like the drunk Q and A episode of 2019 or some shit. Yeah. My initial instinct was like silverback gorilla, but like no, like You're tiny full size bears. Yeah, they're like 1,300 pounds, like eight feet tall. They're insane. Bigger bite. Like, they can stand up. The claws, no. It's definitely. All right. uh, (laughs) Purple Tsunami. Does McCaleb Rich have bigger thighs than Zion? He's going to take over next year. So, I don't know about thighs with Zion. And I I, also, I'll say this. I don't know how closely you're following basketball recruiting, but this kid, McCaleb Rich, in East St. Louis. So, I think Mm -hmm. he's technically in Illinois. This dude is like he looks like he could be playing linebacker and you know on the wing. Like this dude is such a powerful athlete and the strength and conditioning program that Jerome Tang has, like they're going to get rid of any sort of bad weight that he has. And (laughs) lol at me trying to say anyone has bad weight. But like (laughs) this this kid is going to when he shows up in the summer. If he buys into the nutrition and the strength and conditioning, this kid, I have no idea like what his actual basketball skills might look like, but he might be one of the top athletes in the Big 12 as a true freshman next year. Yeah, he looks like a freak. He's I saw the other day his stat line was like 33 points and 18 rebounds, completely took over the game. So he's got to be fun. Next question uh, from Kate. If you lived out of state, she's down in Texas, and had to pick one Saturday basketball game to fly in for and attend in person, which game would it be? So I'll say this. My initial instinct is Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. First off, you have the uh, – you, you have the, you know, the Brad – or the beard, <sighs> the Chris beard of it all. Mm-hmm. So you know the students are going to get creative. But I believe it is also going to be the stripe out game. So I know people from the K-State Athletic Department listen to the show. I, I know you guys listen to the show. <laughs> please, 
start just flooding people with what color they're supposed to wear because stripe outs if done if if done appropriately looks super cool agreed i think I also have no idea we, we're less than two months out i have no idea what color i'm supposed to be wearing you especially with all the old people all the old season ticket holders they have they're, they're gonna it's gonna be unless you're handing out t-shirts and even if you're handing out t-shirts it's only gonna be 50 50 they put them on that's what i think you have really, to do you need to supplement every seat with a t-shirt xl whatever you want to do so at least they have the option to to partake but yes let people know right now, now and then put a t-shirt in every seat tell us right now what color we're gonna wear and then also just commit to giving the students that t-shirt wait until like students are in the section and be like all right here we are you guys are a purple section you guys are a white section then hand them out to the students so i think texas is a good weekend one um iowa state is on a saturday um that could be a good one i think iowa state's gonna be fine but i'm gonna say this it was a pretty good atmosphere versus iowa state even last year um so i think those are the two options um florida is also florida a could be fun game. yeah That'd be fine. Um, Baylor is a Tuesday. KU is a Tuesday. Uh, I think you you pretty much hit them all there. Yeah, um, TCU's a Tuesday. So I, I really think it is Iowa State because of the rivalry or Texas because it's going to be a marquee game and it's going to be a stripe out. All for that. I agree. Okay, let's keep moving. We got Mark Kloster. What players are coming back for another football season? I don't know. Let's I, just discuss the three main ones. Cooper Beebe, Felix, and Deuce. Who do you think okay. if – let's say who do who you think is most likely out of those three to come back? Okay. To pick First one. off, I'm like 100% certain Malik Knowles is not coming back. He technically could come back, and he was a CBS <laughs> Sports All-American. He's not coming back. I think he's going to be playing – I don't know if he's going to be drafted. I think he will be on a team playing football on Sunday. I think Felix Amudike Uzama is the most likely not to come back. Agreed. I think Cooper Beebe is the most likely to come back. And I think Deuce Vaughn is up in the air. Yeah, I basically, I mirror all of those answers. That's exactly how I feel. And then, like, if you're talking, like, super seniors, uh, whoever the holder, and, and I feel like a piece of shit for not knowing this, whoever the holder is, is going to come back and punt next year. I, I know that for a fact. Um, I think I think Seth Porter is coming back. I'm like 99% sure Seth Porter is going to come back. Uh, he's going to return some kicks. He's going to be an All-American. Um, I don't think Jalen Pickle is going to come back. Julius Brintz is not coming back. I don't think Echo is coming back. Um, I'm trying to think. Jack Stanine up in the air. He used his red shirt this year. Up in the air, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on, but I would li- I would like it if he came back, even if it was just to be a maniac on kickoff coverage. Um, I I don't have any other predictions um, on like super seniors and stuff. No, neither. All right, uh, the next one, Evan D. Shana Lanalak. Um, how many? Oh, we still have a handful. We're good. Um, Evan D. Shana Lanalak. He actually has a lot. So shout out to Evan uh, for keeping this episode going. If Deuce comes back. What records would he break? First off, I would predict he doesn't come back. But if he does, I mean, I don't think he's breaking any records. Well, well, no, I think he's like fourteen hundred yards from scrimmage away from taking uh, Darren Sproles' record. 
from yards from scrimmage. Oh, like all purpose? No, I'm, I'm saying yards from scrimmage because he he doesn't return kicks. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, good point. So um, I, I think let's... he's going to do that. I I he, rushing touchdowns are not on the board for him. He doesn't have enough touchdowns. Um, no, he got to get thirty. But he he could become the first ever three time consensus all. That's what I was gonna say. Yep. So I, I think yards yards from scrimmage and the first ever third three time consensus all American. Those are the big ones. I think he could get himself into the top five of rushing touchdowns. Well, which like is, he'd be top five in a lot. So hell, he might be top ten receiving yards if he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. What sticks out to me is like he would be the third that that third consensus all American in a row. He'd be the only one to ever do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the only other two time consensus all American uh, is someone that uh, a lot of people are mad at for making a decision twenty five years ago. Chris Canty. It's a shame. Yeah, he, he needs to be on the fucking Ring of Honor. I agree. I mean, I, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. Uh, so the, the big one is I think he will uh, he, he would contend. I think he'd need like 1,400 yards from scrimmage to get beyond Darren Sproles for most yards from scrimmage, and then he could become the first ever uh, three-time consensus All-American. The next one could, from Evan – oh. I could see him getting second in single-season rushing touchdowns, but he's not breaking Colin Klein's 27. His What's, second second is 23. He's had a season of 18. Um so I could see it. Well, yeah, especially since Will Howard uh, isn't going to be taking a lot of those rushing touchdowns early on. Adrian Martinez uh, was taking a lot of uh, those rushing touchdowns. Again, people forget he Adrian Martinez, before he got hurt, was in the top five in Heisman Futures. You know, and, and yeah. even Deuce Vaughn. He was Deuce killing. Vaughn, even without getting all those touchdowns, he ended up getting Heisman votes this year. So... I love it. All yeah. right. Evan D. Shanelanilak, what does our O-line look like next year, i.e. starting five and is depth better or worse? So going to the topic of who's coming back, again, if folks are on case down line, and Derek might get mad at me for saying this, but he's posted, and it's been a while. It's been a few, it's been a few weeks. But the rumor is the entire offensive line is coming back when Hadley Panzer is the only one who was like, Hey, it's guaranteed he's coming back. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, you know, both tackles KT and Duffy going to use their super season, super senior season. It sounds like, you know, I, I mean, shit, man. I mean, all five of them coming back. And then you have uh Poitier coming back. Um, You have line gang getting another year older. You have all those young tackles continuing to progress. Look, if that happens, the starting five might look the same as it did last year, but the depth has to be great. And I want to see more of these like five or six and seven offensive line formations with Poitier and like Willis getting out there as extra offensive linemen. I need Poitier to have a season. I need him to be have a healthy season. I want him to have a healthy season so bad. I know. (sighs) Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. I hope so. All right, probably have answered this before, but what is your go-to theme if you ran a non-sports podcast? So I've actually, I've said this, I think on other people's show. I don't know if I've said it on this show. I have 
like an idea. I might start this in the summer. Um, but I want to hear your idea. If you got back into the podcasting game, if you grant KSU got back in the podcasting <laughs> game and it wasn't a sports podcast, what would it be? Because maybe you do like a oh, drunk man. Arsenal American. It podcast. would be low stakes. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> How much more no. fun? Did you have more fun following K-State Sports knowing you didn't have to record a podcast like three times a week? Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> I did. I, I, there were times, there were long stretches of the podcast where I enjoyed that it did kind of hold me accountable, but it is nice. It was nice being like, I just being busy and like, I don't have that pressure of fuck. I have to like actually sit down and watch this maybe twice. That it was I do nice miss to be able showing to enjoy. up to your apartment down like near Westport. Like walking up those stairs, smelling all the weed from your like, you know, neighbors, <laughs> neighbors, like Cheyenne getting your, your wife, sorry, getting super mad at us for like recording. But like, I had a lot of fun like those Sunday mornings, like driving over. Westport was fun. That and was then like time. listening to the kickoff of like the Chiefs game at noon as, as I was driving back to the Northland. Um, it was fun, and we had a good stretch of like going to North Topeka to record. We used to like pre-COVID. We had a we had COVID. We had like brewery serious routine. Oh yeah, yeah. ITAP was where we'd be right now. ITAP, um, center lock, dude. I really don't know. It would be, I wouldn't (laughs) just say that. I wouldn't have another podcast. Maybe it would be a theme park podcast where I go to different theme parks. And I talk about my favorite roller coaster. How about that? Are you a roller I coaster rate guy? It. I do like roller coasters. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, I, I haven't been to a theme park outside of <laughs> Worlds of Fun in the last five years. I haven't That's been to Worlds of Fun in like to. 10 years. Um, I mean, I do. I just pulled that completely out of my ass. Like, I don't know. I think that that could be a podcast. That where could I, be a I rate, I rate, rate the experience maybe, but... The reality is it would be like I'm just hitting record for an hour and I'm hanging out with my friends and we're just talking. And yeah, there's nothing. So, so I, I do have one and I, I mentioned this on someone else's podcast. Um, it would be in and there'd have to be a little bit of structure to it. So I'd have to have a producer um because things would be getting shitty. It would be going through all those old Disney, like Disney Ooh. Channel original movies and getting drunk while watching and then immediately hitting record so it'd be like okay you have to have a mixed drink <laughs> like right before and then like every how many minutes, disney channel sure... original movies are there oh there's fucking a hundred dude disney yeah. channel original movies there's a yeah. ton oh god and like and you would get like super drunk and then you'd hit record and like talk about it you'd have to have like a producer kind of like kept the show going because you would be blitzed you'd have to be super drunk but like uh, imagine talking about like brink you know that stupid skateboard google said there's 106 of them yeah like double teamed like you know ryan ryan of ain't no seats podcast used to be in the uh you know yeah sports drink family he has that stupid tweet where he's like going over like double teamed like that final play double it is a good it's a good it's a it's a a great tweet (laughs) also i'm realizing this is gonna be like an all-time like long episode by the way that's all right i mean if you if you if folks are listening that's fine i i'm now doing this for me this is not about the downloads this is for me but that would be that would be hilarious and then like when it comes to holiday season like getting 
drunk as shit and then talking about like the Christmas Prince, like these stupid Netflix Christmas movies. Some of them are good. Um, but like, you know, do that or just even like Christmas movies. Okay. Get drunk and talk about Christmas vacation, you know? Like, yeah. So just be like drunk movie reviews, predominantly Disney channel, original movies, then moving into Christmas movies. So that's what it'd be. You could even do, I mean, like once you burn through all the Disney channel, original movies, you could hit the old Disney movies, like watch Pocahontas and break down the insanity oh, of that. How movie. racist some of those songs are. Savages. Savages. The most racist song of all time. It's a oh, banger, but it is insane. It is a banger, but definitely racist. Yes. Oh my. All right. God. I honestly just have to read. I want to read some all right, of the lines. Look up. Right. This is going to be like the, the advertisers lyrics. of this podcast is going to hate it. But before you read that, I want to say we are also sponsored by Charlie Hustle. <laughs> Um, I probably should have reached out to the sponsors of the show and asked, Hey, do you want to like, do you want me to talk about your product while drunk um, and answering questions from people on the internet? Uh, but Charlie hustle is amazing. If you want a comfortable t-shirt crew neck, long sleeve sweatshirt, hoodie or joggers that are officially licensed by K state, I promise you your favorite piece of K state fan gear is made by Charlie hustle. You just haven't bought it yet. Do you like the football team that plays out in Raytown, Missouri? They have the Arrowhead Collection, the Crown Town Collection, the Kansas City Heart Collection, all sorts of great stuff. Go to charliehustle.com today and give your loved ones a present in the middle of January. Charlie Hustle, thank you for sponsoring this show since July. You guys are awesome. I love Charlie Hustle, and I'm, I think I'm about to buy, like, even though I kind of hate the Chiefs and I hate the NFL just generally, I don't hate them, but I and they pissed me off and it's holy shit that's a story that we're not even going to spend time on but um the arrowhead collection is great uh and I'm I'm about to buy like three or four or more of those shirts uh the my favorite uh arrowhead collection shirt and it's like what I wear every Sunday is the arrowhead stadium one with the flyover I've got that I had that on yesterday actually I had that on this morning I took it off because I was I was like I pitted out so bad for some weird reason. Oh, it's it's a great shirt. Great shirt. But let Shout me just uh, before we get on to the next question, I just want to read just the yes. first part of this song. No, you should <laughs> read the entire inside the entire song is insane. Um, I'll read the first part and then I'll hit a couple of my favorite lines, which is are so funny. This is the first the first block of lyrics. <laughs> what can you expect from filthy little heathens? Their whole disgusting race is like a curse. Their skin's a hellish red. They're only good when dead. They're vermin, as I said, and worse. They're savages. And keep in That's mind, just this is the like opening a to a, a 1995 this, children's movie. 95. It's not even like this was 55. This is 1995. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But we can move on from that. It, it's great. You can just, if you want to, if you want to listen to it. I mean, musically, it's an amazing song, genuinely. And the reprise later in the movie is like fucking amazing but no in those disney movies pretty and, wild again that that's like the golden age of disney movies and there was one random day where we aren't we were on twitter we we're talking about like the disney musicals of that era like you have that you have lion king you have beauty and the beast which i i i have dm proof i guess i can't beauty and the beast not that great i i wanted to get people going because i actually so the song it's you great. brought up gustan Gaston. Oh, so yeah, Gaston. I, I will change the words to that when I want to like, you know, hype Chauncey up. Like I'll be dancing around the house and sing like basically a version of that, but for like Chauncey. 
Um, it, it's a banger. Mulan is a banger. Tarzan sucks. I don't know why some of these kids love Tarzan. I, I don't like it's not. Well, see, I'm a, I'm a showman. I like that Broadway style. Like, give yes. me some great songs like that. I don't need like a, a Phil Collins CD. That's no. that doesn't count to me. That's a bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's no, like the I, outlier. I'm right there with you. But that would be my podcast idea. And if I uh, if I do that, which again we you know I'm it's with sports idea. drink. Sports drink might just help me make this. And you could also do it for just like sports podcasts. Or mm-hmm. not sports podcasts, sports movies. Like mm-hmm. imagine getting drunk and trying and, and like talking about like remember the Titans or uh you know what, what what's some outrageous sports movie Fever Pitch. You know all these yeah. stupid sports movies. Like it, it, it could be a podcast. I'd need a producer. I would need a producer. If anyone out there wants to produce the drunk movie review view podcast, slide in my DMs. It might happen this summer. Okay, this is a good one from Evan. I want to get to this. We're going to get to them all. If you're listening to this, if you, I mean, this look, is how all of these ca- go every time. I don't care about like the downloads on this one. We're December is where the streak of uh, downloads dies. Yeah. Uh, we, we hit six straight months of record downloads. It's not going to hit this week. I don't care. This, this episode is for me. This episode is for me, but I like, love this question from Evan. Rank these five wide receivers, Byron Pringle, Malik Knowles, Curry Sexton, Tremaine Thompson, Isaiah Zuba um okay that's a great question by the way rapid fire i'll say number one byron pringle two malik three tremaine four curry five zuber yeah so i i go and maybe i'm getting and and this is probably this is not probably stats this is based on like okay perfect world good quarterback Mm -hmm. they're healthy I go Malik, Byron, Tremaine, Curry, Zuber. Yeah, and actually, I could flip one and two also, and I could flip two and three also. Like and, 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 Tremaine was good; he was he was really good for us. And honestly, Zuber, I, I'm probably giving him a little bit too hard of a time because he transferred out, uh, but he has one of the iconic, you know, late mm-hmm. era Bill 2.0 touchdowns. Um, he had that big, uh, I, I think it was a big punt return to save Bill Snyder's ass one of those seasons. Yep. First game um, of the we, season. Yeah. Um, 2018, I believe. Yeah, so Isaiah was talented. Honestly, I I mean, and I might be getting Curry Sexton on later on, uh, probably this summer, with uh, with Jesse Ertz to talk about Wildcats, uh, NIL. Um, he made a second team All-Big 12, and I think maybe only Byron Pringle mm-hmm. made an All-Big 12 team as a wide receiver. Oh no, Malik Knowles made Malik did. team all this year. Yeah. But Curry Sexton, I mean, Curry Sexton benefited from being opposite of the greatest K-State wide receiver of all time. Um, and credit to Jake Waters, despite him being a turncoat and being a cyclone now. Um, he could hit, you know, Curry Sexton when he's wide open. And he, he does have that circus catch. Um, I think versus Texas Tech, maybe. I don't know. But he'd be a I could flip him and Isaiah Zuber. That's a great question, though. Thank you, Evan. Uh, we got a couple more from Evan, handful more of Evan. Evan wins the MVP for this one. If you got your celebrity crush on the podcast, uh, what would you ask them? Who's your celebrity <laughs> crush right now? I don't know. You know what's funny is when I think of celebrity crushes, what comes to mind is men. <laughs> and I can't think of a single female like actress or 
that I'm like, damn, I really like her. I'm usually like infatuated with like an, a guy. <laughs> well, so uh, my initial instinct wasn't even actresses. Rachel Benita, who does stuff for like the NFL Network. Like, okay, it used to be Katie right. Nolan. Oh, but, I, really, like, I really like uh, Alex. God, what's her name? And that is a girl. That is a female. I mean, that's why I mean, he does like the Champions League show. Oh, yeah, her. yeah, yeah. She's on on Paramount. Um, and she's very talented. Alan, oh, I you, you know the funny Lee, thing is Alex something. When that tweet came in and I saw that tweet, like my initial instinct was like Emily Starkey. I've had her on the podcast. I did an Alex entire Scott? episode with her. Uh so oh, yeah, shout Emily out to Scott. Emily. Hey, hey, uh, Jesse Ertz. <laughs> I mean, fuck, Jesse you Ertz. Ruled. I mean, hell, I was I was I was full on, you know, I was you know talking to a girl, dating nope, a girl, and her right. celebrity crush was was Jesse Ertz. Shout that's out hilarious. Her. Um Okay, actress that comes to mind who I actually do like, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, oh, she's good. Queen's Bam, Queen's Gambit. I she's don't know what I would Peaky ask. Peaky Blinders her. as well. Yeah, I still need to watch that. I watched like Peaky half Blinders the first so season. Hard. I liked it, but it was like a bad time to start a show. Um, I would say, oh, what would I ask her? I'd ask her if she learned how to play chess. If she knows anything about playing chess after that show, how about that? Surely yeah. she does. No, I would. Uh... Look, I, 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 there is not, I don't have a good answer. Well, like, no, like Natalie Portman is like my all time celebrity crush. Yeah. I, I would ask her, I would ask her, like, do you really like the prequels? Like, because here's the thing I grew up, I, I, I actually think with Star Wars, I actually think episode three and I like Star Wars. Um, and I can find the good in almost anything Star Wars has done. Um, even like the, sequel trilogy the most recent trilogy like i found some good in all the films except for like the, the final one um but she she does the she when she goes on snl she like does the natalie's rap stuff like it was a, with like a lonely island you know talk yeah. about the motherfucking prequels bitch like i'd ask her do you really <laughs> do you really like the prequels uh but like she she's just been great in all sorts of movies um, she's hilarious. She's smart. She's gorgeous. Natalie Portman is my all-time celebrity crush, and I ask her if she actually likes the prequels. I like the prequels. Uh, episode three, I think, is truly the best. Side. I like two film. and three a lot. Like, I, I think two and three are good. I think episode three, Revenge of the Sith, I believe, is the name of it, is the yep. best Correct. of all the episodic Star Wars films. I don't want to start on. I'll just. That's fine. I just think a lot of the old heads are going to hear me say that and get pissed, but that's fine. We're going to move on. Um, Who makes a big leap on the team next year? I.e. Austin Moore. Uh, I think Austin Moore should have at least gotten an honorable mention. All Big Twelve nod, by the way. Uh, But who's going to make that big jump this year? This upcoming year, twenty twenty three. I hope it's R.J. Garcia. I I really hope it's R.J. Garcia because we're going to need. That wide receiver room. Somebody's gonna have to step up. Um, I think Keegan Johnson gonna... from Iowa. I, he doesn't he count will... because he's a transfer. Right, right. I think he's gonna be good, but I, I like that RJ Garcia. I mean, I when mean, he I scored think... that touchdown. I yeah. fucking lost my mind. I think on paper, Keegan Johnson is like immediately slotted into wide receiver one. Obviously, right now he'll be in that Malik Knowles. We're role gonna there. need. I mean, somebody always does in situations like this. Typically, you know, you lose guys and somebody steps up. It's just the natural order of things. And, and within our program and within the culture that we built, I feel pretty comfortable. Um, RJ Garcia has certainly got an opportunity. There's there's a vacuum in the wide receiver room that is up for grabs. 
I think another good shout would be like DJ Giddens, depending on what happens with Deuce. Deuce doesn't come back. There's another vacuum where DJ Giddens has experience. What is he? He has like touchdowns? four touchdowns, four or five six, touchdowns. Six, I think. Um, six touchdowns he's, this year. He's, um, you know, he's shown enough of an ability that he, he could be a, a running back one in this league. Um, and he's also shown he can catch the ball too. Yeah. I think those are two good shouts. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go on defense. I'll go uh, Jacob Parrish. I, I I brought him up earlier. Right. I think he could be big. A uh, dark horse, Keenan Garber as a cornerback. I fucking hope. So. I fucking want him. That would be amazing. So bad to step. Like, I would love that for him. Yeah. Again, I I wrote him off as a wide receiver a long time ago. Uh, the shift he put in in the Big Twelve Championship game would love that. I mean, there's definitely going to be opportunities. We're losing. We're going to lose Echo. We're going to lose Brents. So that's two spots. Where you know guys like Parrish, Garber, Omar Daniels, they have opportunities I hope to make Omar that jump. Sticks, sticks around. I, yeah, I hope he sticks around. So he could be that guy as well. All right, if the football team had to play a basketball game, who would you choose as the starting five? Oh fuck me! <laughs> oh god, I hate questions like this. Um, I do. I do too. Um, this this is what I'll do. Like, because I'm going off of because I feel like the players have been asked these questions recently. So like, I I'm pretty sure Will Howard played ball. So I'm going to say, yeah, Will he was Howard. going to play. Like he was said he was better at basketball yeah. than he was so, at football. Will so Howard. Good call. Um, Malik Knowles. Um, I feel like some of these linemen, like I think we're, like, uh, we're going to have a major height disadvantage, but we could get a beef advantage down low and get some, some proper box out technique and get a lot of rebounds with with yeah. that. Like we'll, we'll we'll go with uh, Christian Duffy. Christian Duffy, he's gonna play center for me. Uh, we'll we'll go. Uh, Will Howard's gonna play shooting guard. Malik Knowles at the wing, playing the four is going to be Felix and Udike Uzama. Just just a bull in a china shop, and then uh, we'll play. <laughs> we'll have Deuce Vaughn playing point. I have no idea. That'd be fun. This would be a fun point. Yeah, I mean, him and Marquise, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't even want to touch any more of that. Okay, follow-up. This is even worse. If you had to put the men's basketball starting five on the field, where'd you put them? All right, so... All of them are probably playing wide receiver of some sort. (laughs) Well, Marquise Noel would have to play running back. How tall is he? 5'8", 5'7"? He could be a slot receiver. I've stood next to him. I'm taller than him, and I'm 5'7". So, yeah, he could be... All right. He I is mean, your slot receiver. Brandon uh, Banks the, was five six. At the two, Cam Carter, fast. who's six foot wide receiver. At the three, Keontae Johnson, six four. He can be tight end. He's kind of beefy. Keontae uh, could be like really good at football. Naquan he could be a really Tomlin, good six ten. I mean, he has to be a wide receiver. He can't go anywhere else. And then David Gasson, six eight. It, it could be cool receiver. to have like a six ten quarterback. <laughs> I wouldn't wild. mind seeing that. That would be wild, but no. I mean, all of them were were just passing to them. It's yeah. that's fair, the fair question, but that's a tough one to ask. All right, which future cat would you like to see on the Chiefs, and who do you think would make the most sense on the Chiefs right now? Who would I most like to see? Cooper, BB, or Felix and DK Uzama? Those are Kansas City kids. Yeah. Um, who would make the most sense? I mean, could uh, you imagine Deuce Vaughn with Andy Reid? That would be fun. Also, I feel like with how useless the the pass it the passing uh rushes. I mean, I mean the, Chiefs just, be great. the Chiefs cannot get to a quarterback. It's pathetic. 
Uh, the um, sec- I mean, so they could use some t- help there on the edge. I would take any of them. I I, I, I love Chief. I love Wildcats playing for the Chiefs. And I feel like you know Cooper Beebe, that like has a lot more lasting power, yeah. probably. So he could like have a career with the Chiefs. I mean, Malik Noel at least could catch punts and kicks. I mean, he's not going to yeah. turn the ball over like Sky Moore. I would I'd take love any of them. Any of them. I take Julius Brents. Imagine Julius Brents like in the fifth round, just being you know the second corner or the third corner on that team. I mean, I'd take them all. Uh, make makes the most sense. I think Felix and DK Uzama, a late yeah. first round pick, early second round pick, uh, pass rush, and then Cooper Beebe play left guard and bump out uh, as a Tooney playing left guard and get the fuck rid of uh, Brown. He sucks. He does suck. Sucks. All right. Uh, is climbing the greatest of all time when it comes to the defensive substitution <laughs> forcing a turnover penalty? I don't know if he's the greatest of all time, but he's pretty good at it. Although I think a lot of teams are good at it. I think, I think it shows, I think it says more about the coaches who are stupid enough to yeah. try to substitute under 20 seconds on the play clock. Fucking yeah. idiots. Fucking We're so idiots. good at that though. I mean, we nail it every time, but I see it a lot. Like I, I watch. You know, I, I watch as yeah. much college football as you can going to 10 out of the 13 games. Um, it, it's not just us who are good at it, but he is very good. He is very good. Let's get to Cody again, a little bit of time travel um, because you guys, I already recorded with Cody. He is uh, tomorrow's episode. If you could create a dream Thanksgiving basketball tournament, where would it be and what's its name? Who's on the call and channel? Who's playing in uh, this and what do the athletes get for playing? Bowl game style with no legal NCAA stipulations. I saw you liked this question earlier. Well, Do you, do you have this already? <laughs> I liked it just because I liked the question. It's and a great question. it just made me think like this question, all of these were made specifically for you, obviously. But this couldn't be more a Scott question. So I just in my mind is like, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let Scott cook. All right. So this I did like your previous idea. I don't know if it's going to stay true, but the like big a, big, eight? a big eight classic in yeah, yeah, City yeah. would be awesome. That'd be fun. Yeah. So so this is what it's going to be. And, and this it couldn't be a true uh, bracket style. It's going to have to be more of like those one off classics, but it, it becomes even easier with Oklahoma leaving. So now if you look at the original Big 8, you have K-State, Iowa State, KU, and Oklahoma State all in the Big 12. You then have Missouri, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Colorado all have left the Big 12. Back in the day, they used to have the holiday tournament, um, you know, either in addition to or before the postseason tournament became a thing. I don't know. But you would just have a two-night event, a Friday-Saturday event, uh, or maybe Saturday-Sunday, I don't know, close to Christmas time, and you would just rotate through those, you know, every four years. And you would have, I mean, who's on the call? I mean, I don't even know. I mean, who who's who are even good basketball? Pro- I would just have Brian know. Smoller call it. I love Brian Smoller, and I love Wyatt. I would have Brian Smoller and Wyatt alternating as play-by-play. I'd have Missy Heidrich on color, and then I would stick uh, – I don't even know who's another color guy. I don't either. I don't – Missy Heidrich is going to have to do a lot of work. 
Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'll, I'll do uh, Matt Walters. I'll let Matt Walters get in the game. So I'll, I'll have that be my broadcast team. It's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be at the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri. It's going to be very Christmas theme. The court is going to have all sorts of Christmas stuff. It's going to have the old Big 8 logo on it. And it's not a tournament. It is not a tournament. You're going to have a doubleheader. You're going to have K-State versus Nebraska and then Oklahoma State versus Missouri on one night. And then KU versus Oklahoma and uh, Iowa State versus Colorado on another night. You're going to have it back-to-back nights. The floor is going to be Big 8 and holiday themed. The players are going to get... I mean, sorry to your Adidas schools. They're going to get a Nike swag bag, um, some barbecue sauce from Joe's Kansas City, uh, 7.5 of uh, Jay Rieger's Kansas City whiskey. Um, they're going to get some Boulevard beer. You're just going to get a Kansas City care package. Um, that's what it would be. That's 100% what it would be. I think it would be ma- an amazing event. Um, quality opponents um nostalgia that's that's what it should be 100 percent. agreed and i I'm love not it even i've always loved that like an actual tournament that is what it should be especially now that it's those four and hell you could even you could even go further you know that's the friday and saturday you could go thursday you could have umkc wichita state Tulsa, and slew st louis you could even have them being the cr- precursor on thursday and you can sell a three-day pass to that i think that needs to happen will it happen no but i think it should all right next one from cody Izern. um if you could put any brewery you've ever been to in manhattan what would it be and what are the top three keys to a great brewery first off i don't think it needs to happen manhattan brewing company is the best brewery in the state of Kansas. Manhattan is not a massive city. I think Manhattan Brewing Company is perfect. I'm not moving anything in there. And these are the three things I look for in a brewery. This is me. I'll let you answer. You don't have to give the same line, but Manhattan Brewing Company is the real deal. I'll be there Wednesday after the K-State Radford game uh, before I head back to Shawnee to do the live show. The three things that they need to have is great seasonal beers so i want when i go into a brewery i i want to try some of the flagships 100 but i want something seasonal i want some stouts i want mm-hmm. some heavy stuff in the winter i want a good pumpkin beer one of the best pumpkin beers i've ever had manhattan brewing company in the summer i want some sours i want some saisons i want something crisp so i yes. want great seasonal beers number two i want like a cool space like it doesn't have to be you know, it doesn't have to be like the, oh, like, you know, this is like some hipster hangout, but I've been to some breweries where all it is, it's like, okay, it's like this sterile white room and some taps. I like to see the brewing equipment. <laughs> I like to see during Christmas, I like Christmas decorations. When it's not Christmas, I like cool signage. Manhattan you know, Brewing Company, very cool oh, atmosphere. Very cool. A lot of great uh, Christmas stuff. And then the third thing, I, I just I, I like something going on in the background as well, whether it's a cool playlist, whether it's some TVs showing some movies or some sporting events, um, whether it's, uh, you know, even a band, whether it's like a bunch of board games, just something 
on the auxiliary to kind of keep the senses going. You know, if I'm there by myself and I'm having to either just drink by myself, which is cool, or chatting with the bartenders, I want something to kind of keep my eye. Uh, so those are the three things I'm looking for. So what what about you? What are what are the three things you're looking for in a brewery? And you can I, do one to to you know what I you don't have you know to what? like take my line. I mean, I kind of agree with that. And um, I was racking my trying to freaking rack my brain of like breweries that I've been to, and I mean, right now my favorite brewery where or at least my favorite beers that are coming straight from a brewery are the Manhattan beer or Manhattan brewing beers. So I, I don't know if, if there is any reason now your brain is operating in a way that's like, well, Manhattan doesn't have the size for that. So if I would in a different world, maybe move a brewery into Manhattan. Okay. I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. Am I am I erasing this from the map and putting it in Manhattan? Yep. Or just how about an extension? Yep. Okay. Or an extension, either one. Ugh, God, I don't know. I mean, you know, I love Double Shift. That's probably I mean, my double, favorite non-Manhattan brewing. Double Shift is good. I mean, I love Happy Bassett as well. Happy Bassett's solid. I love Happy Transport. Kinda, right It's kind of gone downhill. Sad to say, but um, I and I, I totally agree with like good seasonal beers, and like I'll kind of tie into that. I need a good like profile of beers a good variety of beers like 100 percent. nothing's more depressing than like 12 beers on tap eight of them are ipas yeah or like they have like four sours because they're obviously about to go like under (laughs) that's not good um i need like i need fun beers but i need variety i need a good profile of beer um personally i i like a good like comfy or like practical seating because when i'm going to a brewery i'm going there to like talk with people that's um like intimately usually like we're having like a pretty in-depth conversation i would say i agree with you you have to have like something maybe like a one or two tvs like if somebody's just going there to like kind of be by themselves but like i don't want to have like a bar type of tv you don't want a sports bar no 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 um I think just a good playlist is like of music in the background is like perfect for a brewery. Um, hmm. And I say like, don't serve food. Like, don't be like a, don't, don't be like I a agree. restaurant. I agree. 100%. I breweries that are like, we're a brewery, but like they have like a full food menu. It's like, you're not, yeah, a brewery. you're not a brewery. You, you, you have a homebrew kit and don't have great beers. And they never have great beer. Um, although like, you know, like blind tiger, that's like a full-on restaurant. They have some pretty good beers, but yeah, like, that's not a brewery. It's not I, a brewery. I was just about to say, Blind Tiger has had some good beers, especially when I lived mm. in Topeka. I was like five minutes from Blind Tiger. They'd have some fine beers, but if I ever that's, was like, oh, yeah. I, I want some craft beer, I didn't go there. I was like, ah, I'm going to eat out dinner, yeah. and then yeah. that's where I'm going to go. So I, I agree with you. I have food trucks come by. I don't that want you to serve move. food. You're not serving food because once you start serving food – the beer quality dips and you're really not a brewery at that point. You're just a restaurant that has like makes its own beers. Um, so that's probably my three. I feel like I had another point that I wanted to say and I completely forgot it, but um, yeah, that's what, that's probably what I would say. I would also say have like two or three 
that never like flagship like lighter beers yes for when you're there with like some dickheads that like are really bad at drinking craft beer which is fine like not everybody likes to drink like a belgian you know tripel or like a, <laughs> a stout you know like i go there with my wife and she's like what should i get give me give me county wheat nice two options of a light wheat beer a lager that's like for for the casual that comes in that don't doesn't go to breweries often so that's what i would say yeah that's great and, and of course that all describes manhattan brewing company <laughs> Yes. All right, got a handful of questions left. Of course, sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, sponsored by Charlie Hustle. We got Ace Edwards. If you could understand one specific aspect about football perfectly, what are you choosing? You can't say anything like offense (laughs) or defense. Offensive line scheme. um, Like right now, it would take me like three or four plays to like really see like watches. I'd have to watch a play like three, three or four times to really see kind of what happened and like Sometimes it's really is just as simple as like players winning their duels, but like there's different schemes within there. And it's like, I don't watch a game and come away thinking like, wow, the offensive line performed well, like in a way that I should like, it's easy to be like the offensive line sucked when we can't run the ball or it feels like the quarterbacks under pressure often, but it's like, I want to know why things aren't working, where the scheme is failing or where it is working and where it's clicking like that's interesting to me um and so much of the offensive line performance dictates like how an offense is successful so i i wish i had a better eye for that but i i really don't and i don't think i ever will i think i understand that uh, a little bit especially when it comes to the the double team getting up to that second level um and that would be my answer if, if i was either like a coach or I had access to the all 22 because here's the thing. If you're watching, if you're watching a game on TV or even live, you know, you're not going to be able to take in the blocking schemes. So if you're telling me I get an all 22 uh, for my rewatches of K-State sports or college football, I would agree with you. I, I would say offensive line for me, it would be, uh, and this may be too general, but I would love to understand perfectly like the art of creating a passing tree, like the combination of, uh, you know, passing routes, you know, what sets up this, what sets up that, Hey, you know, if it is a yeah. combo route or an option route, what is the read? You know, Hey, if the defender is giving you this, this is the route you're running. If they're, you know, deep zone, this is what you're running. I, I I think with how I watch college football and how I have access to college football, I think, you know, perfect understanding of a route running tree would be my answer. Uh, the next one, and mine's pretty easy for this. What would your ultimate Christmas road trip be? I wouldn't take a road trip. It is from Shawnee to Topeka. I do not want to be on a road I, trip for Christmas. God, we could not be more in line there in sync i my parents always mention like well we're all older maybe we should travel for christmas i'm like no let's fucking do christmas it's christmas we can travel any other time let's like let's do christmas outside of like the idea of like k-state's playing a football game i would be much more like on board of like oh hey let's go to hawaii over thanksgiving you know or uh oh hey we're going to you know get a massive airbnb you know, in the mountains or something like mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving for Christmas. 
before Christmas, I'm still a little butthurt. My parents sold the house I grew up in and I'm having to go to sleep in, in a different place. If, if no, here's my road trip. We're going back to 23rd court. We're going back to the house I grew up in. <laughs> I, I'm upstairs and I come downstairs and I see the mantle. It is going back to my childhood home for Christmas, which is not even a quarter mile from where my parents currently live, half mile from where my parents currently live. Uh, that would be it. Kick out the people they sold the house to. Uh, but I don't want to be anywhere else. Uh, I, yeah. I want to, on Christmas Eve morning, I will pack up Chauncey and we will drive to Topeka from Shawnee. We'll do Christmas Eve. We'll do Christmas. I will drive home on the 26th. I will then drive back to Topeka on my birthday. Uh, on the 27th and then i'll come right back to shawnee because i love my parents i love my parents more than anything the older i get the more i love my parents but i do know my personality i would fuck something up or i'd say something stupid i'd piss my mom (laughs) off so i have to like make sure like i'm leaving in between i can't show up on christmas eve and not leave until after my birthday uh yeah for christmas i no i i want to go nowhere i totally agree i i it's like it's the holidays. I I wouldn't even want to ditch Thanksgiving because I love Thanksgiving as well. And it's like you get one Christmas every year. Why do we? It's for coming together and spending that time together. And it's it's just got the Christmas is the best. It has it's got this aura and this feeling of oh, just, it's magic. It's the best. I don't want to take a vacation and like not have a Christmas, Christmas and just feel like we're like skipping that time of year. Like it literally from just all of December. I love, I, have, oh, I love the whole month. It, it's so, amazing. I have the full list of Christmas movies. I have to watch. It's, it's amazing. I love sending Christmas cards. Yours is a little late because I forgot to add, like I could not right. find for the life of me, your new address. Um, no worries. But yeah, I, I love everything about Christmas. I'll say this. We, we did that family trip to Hawaii in the summer. Um, Like shout out to my parents. Like they paid for like, I wish, like, again, that was like a one-time thing. Yeah, I wish my parents could be like, "Hey, hey, family, we're we're all <laughs> doing this a uh, week week long trip, you know, that they're paying for like all like I, I I paid for one family dinner. I did one dinner by myself, but it was the perfect trip because there was a couple of afternoons where it's like, hey, we all just did the, did our own thing. I just went to random breweries in Hawaii. That was perfect because we got away from each other. Uh, because I, you know, I'm an acquired taste. I don't think anyone wants to spend a week around me, except for Chauncey. That was perfect. So I like the summer trip. I'm not going anywhere for Christmas. All right, we got a lot of Cali Mike. What percentage of your garage, closet, storage, whatever applies, does your Christmas decor o- occupy? For me, I don't have a lot. I have a bunch of wreaths. I have two Christmas trees and some stuff that goes on the walls. It is like one quarter of one closet in my basement. I don't even know where our like decor is or like the ornaments and stuff. I have no idea where that was. Just it just came out one day. But our tree is in that closet behind me right there, or it was. So that's about all I know. So not very much, I don't think. There you go. Kelly Mike asked about the all-time best Christmas gift we received. We did that one already. Uh here this is a good one. What is your top beer style choice for Christmas Day? Don't give me something like I'm a whiskey guy for beer. Hmm. So I'll, I'll say this. I, I 
I love a good stout. Um, mm-hmm. But Agree. I, after having that triple, the tripel. Tripel is good. Oh, my gosh. That's good. But I also, again, I know he doesn't like this. In the past, oh, my gosh. I think it was Anchor Brewing has the Christmas ale. Um, for a couple years, I did that on Christmas. But I, I am a Jade Rieger whiskey guy on Christmas. Um, I usually – I don't think I drink a lot of beer on Christmas, but if I did, especially if it was, like, cold and snowy, I would want it to be, like, a stout or maybe, like, a – maybe, like, a scotch-style ale. Um, yeah, uh, I really like uh, – one of my all-time favorite beers um, to drink when it's cold – fuck – is um, – oh, my God. Now I can't think of it. So is it really one of my all-time favorite beers? Um, I did 90 Buffalo shilling, sweat. 90 Buffalo. shilling of Odell. It's one of my all time favorite that, beers, that which is, is like one. a, yeah, that is a damn good one. Medium yeah, bodied I, amber ale and amber ale is like a, always oh, really good. Love, love amber ale. Um, but yeah, I, for two years straight, I did anchors Christmas ale, but I've been whiskey, uh, either old fashions or, uh, hottie toddies or, just whiskey on the rocks. Um, for, for Cali Mike, I'm buying a six pack of uh, ninety shilling for Christmas Day. That's go. what I'm doing. Which K State coach, any sport, any position, would you want Manhattan Brewing Company to do a collaboration with? They've done the Condor IPA with uh, Connor Riley. They've done the uh, Tang Party, which is a sour. Hmm. I called it an IPA for a long time. Someone called me out on that. Um, so I'm sorry. Uh, I had it before the uh, KUK State game, and it, it it was a sour. Um, so who would it be? Uh, I mean, I think they need I to do want? a Gene Taylor American Light beer because he's a you know a Bud Light. I, guy, I think but... you read that wrong. Um, oh, did I? Which K State coach would like? Would you want to go to the brewery with? Is what I think is. Oh, f- which is a me. much better question. That much is a much question. better question. Okay, well, first um, off, I would love to get drunk with Gene Taylor because like, <laughs> he, he loves to have a good time. But every time we talk to him, it's at like 10 in the morning and Kenny Lanou is not going to let him get drunk at 10 in the morning. Kenny, God damn it. Um, I would Kenny. say, I mean, Gene would be a lot of fun. I think I Gene, think Gene is a lot of fun. Hilarious. Uh, he is. He's just he's a really funny guy. He's, and he's, he's like a straight shooter. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot about Connor Riley. I think he'd be a good hang. Um I mean, the basketball coaches, like all of them, seem pretty cool. Like, I've not Jari met Tan Dowling yet. Would be great. I met Dowling uh, before the Texas game. Like, ran into him twice, and we talked both times. Um, so he was he was really fun, kind. Um, I mean, hell, I would take Tang because I still I haven't can... met Jerome Tang, and I, I mean, it seems like everyone on earth has. I have us. not, and <laughs> I'm not going to rant about it on this podcast, but. There's no, like a couple to... times. There's a couple times I thought we were going to get him on the podcast, and we have not yet. Um, but also like Curtis Kelly. Curtis Kelly's a GA. Oh, just being able yeah. to like just cut loose with Curtis Kelly, that'd be fun. I think Jerome Tang would obviously be obviously yeah. be a lot of fun. I mean, he seems like just like one of those people. I don't that do not want to go to sit a down... with Chris Kleiman. <laughs> no, <laughs> just let him keep working. Connor Riley yeah, would say. be fun. Colin Klein, if he was actually going to drink, might be fun because I don't think he probably would handle his booze very well. Who? Colin Klein. Oh, Klein, no. Yeah. 
I think that would be a pretty uh, <laughs> vanilla time. I don't know. I mean, Johnny Manziel and Manti Teo in New York City. I, I bet there would be a couple funny stories. I mean, I'm pretty sure Travis Tannehill told the story on the podcast before, but oh, yeah, went out after the Big 12 championship and he went up and got like a chocolate milk or something <laughs> at a bar. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, after winning the Big 12 championship, maybe. Um, yeah. So he's probably like last on my list. Um, and I actually did hang out with him once at a bar. Um, not like this was during the Big 12 tournament. I don't know if you were there. Um, I feel like I was talking to you at one point, but. No, I, I mean, big, I got some beers with Josh Freeman at a Big 12 tournament. I hung out with Josh Freeman I for like blacked out at his house randomly one night, and he was with Josh Freeman. Piano. Yeah, the house on the I won't tell him where say where he's not there anymore. But in Kansas City, somehow ended up at Josh Freeman's house. I've actually gotten drunk with Josh Freeman like three or four times. It was weird. I mean, it was fine, but it was like a, a strange scenario. But ended up I I yeah I was at the. Had a table with Colin and Travis one time at the Big 12 championship at no other pub. So, I mean, he was a nice fella, but I think we could have some more fun with some other other coaches. Yeah, I think my official answer would be Tang, Dowling, or Connor Riley. Agreed. All right, uh, Powercat Ryan, three year, years from now, are you more excited for football or men's basketball? What about five years from now? Here's the thing. Three uh, years from now. Even even in the Ron Prince days, even like at the end of the Bill Snyder, I'm always football over basketball. Agree. Always um, football. At the peak of basketball, it is a lot of fun because you get 30 games versus 13. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a lot of fun. But the nothing nothing in the world compares to a college football Saturday in a sold-out college football stadium. Nothing in the world. Could not agree with you more. Like, um, there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be than a packed Bill Snyder Family Stadium for a K State football game. It's my favorite place in the world. Even Octagon of Doom at its height, it still doesn't touch fifty thousand plus in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. That said, I'm pumped. Like, I, I'm excited for some of these basketball games, but yeah, it feels good to be like invested in in enjoying the team again, enjoying the players, enjoying the staff. So. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right. Uh, Derek Lynn, which one of the three basketball commits are you most looking forward to watching next year? Hmm. All three are having fantastic seasons. Look, I think Day Day Ames is going to end up being the best one, but Michaela Bridge, man, (laughs) there's something about just like a thick boy who can just throw down a Thunder Jam. He, yeah, he's like pretty intriguing. If I had to say, I mean, when I was thinking about it earlier, in the day, it was day-day Ames. I think he has, like, the high, high ceiling, or, or maybe he'll transition quicker. But, yeah, <laughs> that bulldog that's going to just, like, dunk on people and violently get rebounds could be very fun. Yep, coming into the last handful, whether or, whether or not they like it or not, uh, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company and <laughs> Charlie Hustle for sponsoring this show. Jesus uh, Lorer, uh, shout out to him. He's a Texas boy. I wanted to meet up with him at the Big 12 Championship game. Haven't been able to, but Jesus asked, what do you think uh, NIL is looking like for transfers? How big of a factor do you think it is in playing and retaining Lee, Will Lee? Okay, talking about Will Lee. Um, here's the thing. This, this is what I'm going to say. 
I think K-State is a bigger player in NIL than K-State fans believe. I think K-State has a couple very good collectives, including one head up by our guy, Jesse Ertz. I think the local companies and I think some of the big time donors have come to play. But this is what I'm going to say along with it. I think the number one thing, especially with football, I don't know enough about basketball recruiting. Basketball recruiting is a whole other world. But with football recruiting, I think NIL is more not the reason why people are coming, but the reason why uh, they can't say no. You know, I think like for Avery Johnson, NIL is not the reason why he's coming to K-State. But K-State is competitive enough with uh, NIL that he doesn't need to go to Texas A&M. I think for a guy like Will Lee, K-State, you know, NIL, money is not the reason he's coming to K-State, but we're competitive enough he doesn't have to go to Alabama, to Tennessee, to Auburn if he decides he wants to be at K-State. So I, I, I think it is not the reason why people are coming, but I think it is a we are playing enough at NIL that they don't have to go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my I mean, I, I've only heard like positive things about our NIL um, potential and prowess in the game. So that is good. But my like initial instinct when I read this question was that football players seemingly ones that we tend to be recruiting NIL is kind of like a, not on the back burner, but it's like more of like we are legitimately recruiting kids that are like culture, (laughs) culture driven. And I do think that in football, that seems to be more of a driver than it is for basketball. I kind of agree with you. Like we have guys that are bought in. We have like a legitimate, like family esque, dare I use the word um, culture at K said at the moment. And we have like, a group of coaches that are very transparent with you. And I think that goes a long way and, and creating an environment going forward for, for what these players like want to be a part of. And I think right now it's, it's peaking, it's at its peak and it could be even better. We're coming off a championship game um, win. So I, I just like, I feel like we don't, we're not using NIL as our, as a recruiting tactic. I mean, I could be wrong, but if we need to, like, it's there. And I think we, ha- we have the ability to compete with big teams. So, I mean, to answer that question, what even was the fucking question? <laughs> I don't know. I already unliked it. So, if you're looking through the likes. It's gone. Like, how, how big of an impact is NIL? And like, I don't think it's, getting... like, massive. I mean, I guess, I guess I did answer the question. I think it's a lot more culture-driven for our program. So... All right, we'll go to email Elvis. Which football cat would be the biggest and greatest surprise returning next season? The biggest surprise would be Malik Knowles. The greatest surprise, I think, would be Felix Andy DK Uzama. Uh, but the most impactful, which he didn't ask, I think would be Deuce Vaughn. Biggest surprise? I think the biggest, yeah, I guess. I mean, I haven't even thought about Malik returning. So I guess you're right. That would be a pretty huge surprise if he did come back. I think Felix would be a very big surprise as well. Um, I just think he's basically 100% gone at this point. Um, the greatest surprise, which I'm taking that as like the most impactful, definitely Deuce. If we got Deuce back for one more year, 
that changes a lot of things for us. We will end this uh, drunk Q and A, which I, you know, I, I said I was going to be asleep by like nine o'clock when we were talking about this. No, I because I'm, I'm going to have to put this together and schedule and all that type of stuff. I'm going to be asleep by. Nine I don't miss that. No, it, it sucks. I, and honestly, <laughs> it it would be so much easier if Audacity would just let me put like M like M4As or whatever format Zoom, but it yeah. doesn't. But it's okay. I will. I will crack another beer and I will throw on a Christmas movie and I'll let Chauncey outside in all the mud. That's all right. We got three more from CJ Curson, and then we're going to call a night. Is there ever a point in the basketball season where we can, can confidently say we are in the tournament or we are going to be, or are we going to be on bubble watch the entire season? My prediction, my prediction is we are on bubble watch until the end of the season i think we will i i think we will feel pretty confident on selection sunday that we will be in the tournament but i i i think it'll go all the way up until the big toll turn now i'm gonna say this we say we beat west virginia on uh new year's eve let's let's just Mm -hmm. let's just go with this I'm buzzed. I'm I got a little bit more into the spirit than I thought I was going to. <laughs> uh and, and then you have at Texas at Abbott. My God, the start to this Big 12 season. It's brutal. I dude. take back what Absolutely I was gonna brutal. say. So we start off with West Virginia, who is a top 15 team in net. We're at Texas at Baylor versus Oklahoma State. You're gonna have to win that at TCU, KU at home, then you got Texas Tech at home at iowa state so let's say and then you have florida and then ku oh the big 12 is wild man all right so one two three four five six seven eight how many wins do we need to feel comfortable getting into this into the tournament and let's say we are going to be 11 and 1 going into west virginia because we're going to beat radford you go eight and ten i think that's pretty reasonable uh i mean with a actually I guess you could go seven and eleven with a Florida win. I think nineteen to feel comfortable. I'm hashtag eighteen and we're in, but I mean, I I want nineteen. I think we need nineteen wins in all. Focus. You know, what? I think I think we're gonna get to twenty. If we're at twenty, I'm gonna have zero getting, stress. We're getting to twenty wins, zero stress. There we go. I mean, that answers it. Once we get to twenty, zero stress. All right. All right. We got. Oh man. I mean, this was for me, our happily married man to a wonderful wife. Well, tell your wife, I say hello. She's but... th- she's irrelevant in this question. Yeah, but she's it, completely it, indifferent to any of this. Yeah. So the question is, is it a deal breaker for you if the girl you like is a diehard KU or Iowa <laughs> State fan? And I mean, diehard, over the top, obnoxious. So this is what I'm going to say. First off, I've gone on. It's. December 19th. I've gone on three first dates in December. They have all been like bottom 5% of first date. I've gone on a lot of first dates. I've gone on a lot of first dates. Just bottom tier. Bottom tier. When you're 30, and again, we're all like off Bumble. When you're 30 and you're on these stupid dating apps, it is horrible. It is horrible. If anyone is listening at this show, borderline, this is going to be a borderline two-hour-long episode. Please, I will 
I will change everything about myself to find love at this point. So if she's a diehard KU or Iowa State fan, like, fine. The only issue we're going to run into, like, we're talking about diehard. The only issue we're going to run into is, like, okay, are you cool with me going to Manhattan and you're going to Ames or Lawrence to watch the game? Because I'm not going – I'm not going to – watch k-state instead of i'm not gonna watch ku or iowa state instead of k-state i'm not gonna ask you to either i'll say hey yeah you got a ticket if you want to come with me uh but you can also do your own thing that's the only issue as long as she's fine with me going watching the cats i'm fine with her going watching ku or iowa state i have no issue i i would love to be in love uh so being a diehard obnoxious ku or iowa state fan would not bother me one bit not one bit I would find it very annoying. <laughs> it would be annoying. I probably not, would. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be annoying, but like at the end of the day, it, as much of a diehard I am, and I even do this fucking podcast. I've done five episodes every day, like every week, dating back to June. Like, yeah, there's enough of my personality that is not about K State sports that I imagine that like I'm still lovable. I, you know, I feel like, I feel like I can make it work. My mom was a baby Jayhawk and my dad is a massive K-State fan. They have a great marriage. If they can make it work, why can't I? Why am I not lovable, Grant? Why am I not capable of love? That's my question for you. We'll talk off mic. (laughs) We'll delve, we'll delve deep into that. Well, no, because I mean, it's almost 830. (laughs) This is about the time I'm putting Chauncey out to go to bed, and I'm still going to have to edit these shows. Well, not edit, but we don't edit this show. All right, final one. Final one of the night. Chris asks, uh, what, is your favorite Aggie, what was your favorite Aggieville bar while you were in college, and what is your favorite Aggieville bar now? So I have only <laughs> been in Aggieville twice. Twice since I graduated. The first time is when I was – uh, two years, two years removed from graduation, and I was dating a uh, student who will not be named. Um, yeah, so I, I went out with her and her friends on a Friday night once, and then I was in Aggieville uh, when my brother proposed to his now wife, my now sister-in-law. We were all waiting for them to come back at Johnny's. Um, actually, that's a lie. I, and then I went back one other time, and I went to uh maze i would not be caught dead in aggieville now there's no scenario in which i would go back to aggieville no scenario i would go to points i would go to manhattan brewing company there's other bars there are other establishments in manhattan i would not there's no scenario in the world where i would willingly go to aggieville ever again i i mean yeah i totally agree i mean i'd probably go to aggieville but I'm I mean, I would go more eat, likely to go to. I would Manhattan eat at Lucha, Lucha in, you know. That's so the last time I was there was like just to eat. I don't really go to the bars there. Um, maybe if I had to go somewhere, I think Andy Mays would probably be That's fine. The only option. Uh, I used to like Kites Country because they had dollar doubles. Uh, and that's like the I didn't really fucking go out that much to Aggieville even when I was there. Oh, I mean, but like I, I went. To I feel Club like they're Tubs. all kind of the same. I, I like porters for the tacos. I went to uh, Kite's Dance. I went to Johnny's Dance. I went to um, 
shot stop. I, I did it all. I did it all. Um, Kites country slash rusties. That was more low key. My senior year, Lucha had, uh, like dollar, uh, Nancy's, uh, from like midnight to two. So I just chill out back and do that. Um, yeah, I did it all when I was in college, but I would not be caught dead there. That's all though. Those are our questions. Um, that's all we have. If if people are still listening, congrats. Thank you. Um, this is going to be a top 10 long episode of all time, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, Grant, any final words for the Boneheads? Final words. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, whatever. Um, we're Big 12 champions. champions we're ushering into a, a fun new basketball season. Things are looking up. It's been a fun sports calendar year so far. Um, I don't know. I miss the boneheads. At least you know where I, where to find me on Twitter for now. Twitter might not even be around much longer, so I guess. Oh, I. I think it's probably be fine. I don't really pay attention to it that much, but no, Twitter's gonna are... be fine. Journalists and sports fans think Twitter's way more important than it is. Yeah, it's a micro blog. Like people, it get hasn't it changed to me in any way, really. I feel like no, it, it hasn't same. changed for anyone. Like people are trying to, this is not political. People are trying to like get points with their buddies. Like, oh, Elon bad. I'm gonna leave Twitter. Like, have whatever opinion you want of Elon Musk. Him saying like, oh, don't plug your Instagram page. Like, fuck off. Like, folk, that that is not doing anything to you. You know, yeah. he's still banning people like crazy. You can't even get your original account back. You know, it's if you like Twitter, nothing has changed. Get over yourself is what I have to say. Um, But yeah, all right. I, I'm glad you came back. I hope as long as this podcast is going, I hope I tweet out about the drunk episode. You like say something and then I'll get back on it next year. On. We'll do it. And maybe yes. I'll maybe we can do it in person. We'll have to give it a try we don't have to go anywhere we can be at the comfort of someone's home <laughs> yes i mean because because yeah, yeah we can't be can't be doing that no can't be doing that um but that's all we have um this is one of my favorite episodes of the year i'm glad you're able to join me um that's all we have we, you'll hear my co- conversation with cody tomorrow we will have our live show on wednesday evening 7 p.m we'll talk national signing day and k-state basketball on Friday, you will hear my conversation with Drew Galloway of K-State Online recapping all of uh, National Signing Day. I will have an episode on Monday. I don't know what it's going to be, but there will be an episode on Monday. But that might be the week that the streak dies. Uh, but we will have some sort of uh, Sugar Bowl preview. We'll have some sort of Sugar Bowl primers for you guys. We'll see what happens that following week. But as I've been saying for the last few weeks, Merry Christmas. Uh, I, I believe as you guys will be listening to this, it will be the third day of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holiday season to everyone. And then if you have the means, please consider giving to a charitable cause near and dear to your heart during this time of giving. And for Grant, for Chauncey Bosco, who has taken over the second mic as the uh, – co-host of this show and is a very good boy very good dog we love you guys go cats but of course grant's here so i'll let him have the final word folks 
Meet me at the Cat Hut. Podcast Network.